welcome everybody to the podcast today uh, in the preacher study or from the preacher study. And Brother Kevin Clark and I are working our way through Ephesians. We're glad you're with us today and hope that you have access to the Bible, whether you've got the book in front of you or access on your phone, or maybe as uh, you're listening to this, as you're uh, um, exercising or driving to work or something like that, just think about the passage that uh, we're going to be speaking about today. And hopefully that'll be in, in the forefront of your mind and you can follow along along with us. But we're awfully glad that you're here. We hope that if you're a regular listener, that uh, what we have to say is beneficial and helpful to you and encouraging to you. We get lots of uh, comments like that that we very much appreciate. And uh, if you enjoy listening, tell someone else about mm-hmm. it. Tell a friend mm-hmm. about it. And maybe they can be drawn into the study of the Word with us as well. Brother Kevin Clark is with us, mm-hmm. as he regularly is. And we look forward to his uh, input and comp- contribution to the class today as mm-hmm. well. We have uh, Mark Townsend and Jason Reed who are handling the technology of mm-hmm. the program. I thought maybe one day, Kevin, we'd swap places. If they could sit here, we would sit there. <laughs> you think that would work? No, no I don't, I don't it, think it'd be a disaster yeah, on, yeah, our part, on our part. Theirs, on yeah, our exactly. part, that's right, that's right. <laughs> we really appreciate They do what we can't do, right, right, right. and we really appreciate it a, a great deal. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4 today, mm-hmm. first six verses is what we're going to look at today. And so, it's a passage that has to do with unity yes, in the local yes. church, and so just gear your mind in that direction as we begin our study today. Kevin, any introductory comments this not, for today not, in class? Not much, other than I, I just think it's so important that we regularly expose ourselves to the Word of God, and that's part of what we're doing here. There are many different ways you can do that. You do that in the assembly when you hear the preacher at your respective congregations preach. You do it in Bible classes that you go to formally. You sit down maybe Sunday morning or Wednesday night. You do it in your own personal Bible study. And here is yet another way that you can expose yourself to God's Word. And as we've made the point in multiple classes, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more you expose yourself to the Word of God, the greater your faith is going to be. And that is going to help you please God uh, to the extent that He wants you to. So I think what we're doing here is very important, uh, not because you and I are involved in it, but because it involves God's Word and explaining it and exposing others to it. And uh, hopefully everybody develops an appetite for that. And, and we hope that you'll go back and further study these things on your own. We know 15 minutes is really not a lot of time. Yeah. It's a little bit of a teaser, if you will. Yeah. But hopefully that plants a seed that then can germinate with your own personal study. You can water and it'll yield some fruit. All right. Very good. So let's just read the passage that we're going to look at today, and then we'll make our comments mm-hmm. on it. Paul shifts gears a little bit here, as he often does. The second half of the book is maybe a little bit more practical. The first half of the book maybe a little more theological. Mm-hmm. I really hate to make that distinction because it's not a clear-cut distinction. Sure. One lays the foundation for the other. The one grows out of the other, and so we don't really want to make a hard line of distinction between the two, but... Uh, We're sort of in for a few more practical uh, passages. So let's read verse 1. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. And so Paul, at the very outset, encourages unity. Now, the the book of Ephesians talks about how God's plan was to bring all Mm -hmm. men, Jew and Gentile, Mm -hmm. together 
in one body. Right. And so we shouldn't really be surprised right. that yeah. here at the outset of this half of the book, Paul begins by promoting unity and mm -hmm. encouraging unity. Mm -hmm. If we can measure the need of, uh, of, of a certain teaching by how often it's talked about, <laughs> well, the need for unity is, is significant because right. it's discussed over and over again in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. In John 17, as Jesus mm -hmm. is praying, mm -hmm. he prays for unity. Right. In Romans chapter 15, a very, you know, a strong passage that encourages unity to be of the same mind with one another, to be with one accord, one voice, glorify God, accept one another. And so mm -hmm. that's Romans 15 verses 5 and following. Remember Romans 14 is about some mm -hmm. tension and conflict. And so Paul is encouraging unity. First Corinthians chapter 1, I want yes, you to be of the yes. same mind and judgment. Philippians chapter 1, mm -hmm. strive together in one spirit for the faith of the gospel. And then that discussion continues on into Philippians chapter 2. And so many times uh, Paul is encouraging unity. And of course, that takes us back to the prayer of Christ. We see it here in Ephesians chapter 4. It's so very important, especially these days, mm -hmm. when there is so much division oh, wow. in the world. There's so much conflict and friction uh, and antipathy in the world. So many hard feelings between, uh, between people who occupy opposite positions. Well, what do you think it would say to the world around us, to our communities, to the people that we work with, if they could see people of different backgrounds together mm -hmm. in a local mm -hmm. church working together in unity? How right. powerful would that be, Kevin? Oh, very powerful. In fact, Jesus says, by this they will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. If we can show the unity that God intended to be in his church, uh, that's going to be a beacon of light, and it's going to attract attention because it's so unusual, so different from what we're seeing in the world. And yet, unfortunately, sometimes God's people are forsaking and neglecting that great opportunity. And in that prayer you're talking about, John 17, 20 through 21, he says the reason for that is if we are one as he and the Father are one, then others will come to believe. So it really is an evangelistic tool to bring people to Christ. But the opposite is also true. If we're bickering and fighting and biting and devour one another, guess what? That's turning people away from Christ. That's just like That's right. the world. There's no difference there. I just think that you know people who watch the news or people who have strong feelings and they're they're upset by what they see and mm -hmm. and they can see here's the local body of Christ mm -hmm. and they love each other mm -hmm. and they work together. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a powerful testimony mm -hmm. that would be to the world Amen. that we are children of God right. and that you know that that we that we are one in him as Amen. we should be. And Amen. so the idea of unity is very important idea in scripture and uh, one that we need to do our best to develop. In fact, in this particular passage in verse 3, give, be mm -hmm, diligent mm -hmm. right, right. to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, it's our responsibility. That's, that's not a suggestion. <laughs> that's, not, that's not advice. That's right. a command, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. You work at keeping the unity mm -hmm. of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so it's our responsibility as Christians, disciples of Jesus, that I do anything that I can within the bounds of what Scripture teaches That's right. to, to promote unity. Amen. Well, let's talk a little bit about the foundation for unity mm -hmm. in verses 4 and 5 and 6. Yes. And so here is the foundation for unity. Then we're going to kind of jump back to uh, some things said earlier in the passage. He says that there is one body, one spirit, 
uh, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and so forth. And I think there are seven of these. Mm-hmm. Paul says that there is one God. You know, if there are different gods, if you served one God and I served another God, there yeah. might be some reason for us to be divided. Right. That's right. But we're all children of the same God. That's and right. if there is only one God and we're children of the same God, Amen. well, then there is no reason, there is no justification for us to be divided. That's a fundamental principle of Scripture, isn't it? Amen. There is one God. You know? right. If anything is taught throughout the Bible, there is one God. Same thing with one Lord. Yes, There yes. is one Lord. In the writings of Paul, Paul usually uh, refers mm-hmm. to Jesus mm-hmm. when he uses the word Lord. Mm-hmm. You see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. There are many Lords that are worshipped throughout the world, but for us, there is one Lord who is Jesus Christ. Uh, That's especially verse 6 of 1 Mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter 8. Now, if you served one Lord and I served a different Lord, maybe we could be divided, but we're both serving the same Lord. And so there is no justification for division. Same thing would hold true, one spirit. There is Mm -hmm. one faith. Kevin, Mm -hmm. what's he talking about when he says that there is one faith? So it's not, a lot of people when they see the word faith, they think it's a personal subjective thing, and faith is used in that capacity in certain ways. But what we're talking about here is a body of doctrine uh, that encapsulates the power of God, the message of God, the gospel. When I think about that, I can't help but think about Jude 3 and what is said there. Uh, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. The faith, it's a message, and all of the teachings encompassed within that message that was delivered one time, and that is the faith. There's only one gospel message. There's only one body of doctrine to which we are all amenable to, and we have to teach and preach. Uh, Again, to your point, if there were different doctrines, you can understand a clash of wills and a clash of, you know, one person subscribes to this doctrine and I subscribe to another doctrine. We're not going to agree. We're going to have some issues. But he says, no, that shouldn't make uh, any sense at all because there's only one doctrine. And it's incumbent upon us to understand and teach and preach and share that one doctrine. And there is one baptism. Now, mm-hmm. when I was baptized, Kevin, I was immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. for the remission of sins. What, what did you do when you were baptized? Same exact thing. Same thing. That's it. In the name of Jesus That's Christ, right. immersed in water That's for the remission. Right. Well, we were baptized according to the same That's right. baptism. Amen. Now, if we were baptized differently into right. different names right. by different authority, right. well, maybe we could have some justification for division. Right. But we're all baptized by one spirit and one body. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and so we should be unified. The same thing is true for the rest of the things he oh, says yes. here. Amen. One body, one hope. We're all hoping to go to heaven. Same hope. That's it. So we ought to be unified and really help each other That's along right. the way. Amen. And so there's the basis for unity, mm-hmm. those seven things that he mentions there. And we would all, all Bible students, I think, would uh, not have a, any problem with that or disagree with those things that we've said, I don't think. But let's go back up and let's talk about some of the attitudes necessary Mm, for unity. And so let's look at verses 2 and Mm -hmm, mm 3. With all humility Mm -hmm. and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Look at those those qualities that are necessary Mm -hmm. for unity in a local church. Mm -hmm. Let's highlight a a couple of them. Gentleness. Mm And so we need to be gentle with each other. Harsh words are often a major contribution to to, uh, disunity and and division. And so I get upset. I have strong feelings. And you you say something Uh or you take an opposite position 
from me and pretty soon some, some pretty harsh words are said and then you say some harsh yes. words to me and now we've got a real problem. Right. We need to be gentle with each other. Now we don't always have to agree right. on everything in life, but as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be gentle. I just wonder how much damage has been done uh, in among God's people over the last several months right. because of harsh words yes, that yes. have been spoken, words that are not are not gentle. And so if we want to, and we have to work at unity, it's not an easy thing to right, achieve, right. but if we want to have that unity that Christ calls on us to have, and it's not an optional thing, mm -mm. well, then we need to be gentle with each other. I think of Proverbs 15, yeah. verse 1. I don't know <laughs> if you were thinking about that exactly. passage, but a gentle answer or soft mm -hmm. answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Absolutely. We just don't think things through sometimes. And before you know it, we're saying harsh things toward right. each other. When I was growing up, we had an old saying, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. There was never a more untrue Amen, proverb brother. than Amen. that one. Words hurt a lot. Absolutely, they do. And they can yeah. do a lot of long-lasting damage. Yes. And so we need to be very careful. And if we can develop a gentle spirit, right, right. a gentle attitude, a gentle personality, mm -hmm. well, then our words will be gentle as well. You got, got any thoughts on that, Kevin? Yeah, it's just, it's amazing to me how the way we say something can make all the difference in terms of how somebody receives it. And the verse you just quoted, Proverbs 15, 1, says that a harsh word stirs up anger. And, and I've seen that in my own life. And when someone uh, speaks harshly to me, regardless of the merits of what they're talking about, there's this natural inclination to get all upset and get your back out. And so we've got to be really careful about the attitude. Uh, I love this on the, uh, the subject of gentleness, 2 Timothy 2, 24-25, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, this is New King James Version, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, and humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. Now that's primarily directed towards our teaching those who are lost, but that idea of being gentle would be equally applicable in dealing with brothers and sisters in Christ, if not more so because of that common salvation, that common bond that we have. And so we need to learn how to, yes, we contend earnestly for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints, as Jude said, but there's a way to contend for the faith. There's a way to defend the body of doctrine. And as you said, that's with a spirit of humility and lowliness and gentleness and thinking about the other person, uh, seasoning our speech with uh, salt or grace, as Colossians 4, 6 says. Um, these are things that are very important. There was a period of time, uh, Brother Bob, in my preaching where I, I wanted to do a lot more what I call dispositional preaching because I saw people standing for the truth, but doing so in such a way that was so ungodly, they were not only losing their own souls, but jeopardizing the souls of others. And so we can be defending what is right, but do so in a way that is ungodly. The next uh, quality he enjoins is uh, to be uh, patient and long-suffering. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be patient with each other. We're to clothe ourselves with humility and, and mm -hmm. be patient with one another, uh, the, the Scriptures tell us to do. So many times in in the, the Scriptures, we're encouraged to be patient. Mm -hmm. One of the fruits of the Spirit mm -hmm. is patience. Just imagine all the differences in a first century local church. You had Jew and Gentile. Mm -hmm. You had good moral Gentile who might be a God-fearer. And so we talk about some of mm -hmm. those, some like Cornelius, right. but they have some very immoral Gentiles. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, it, their background is in paganism or in, mm -hmm. and a lot of immorality. Or here's a, a knowledgeable Jew who understands there's nothing to idolatry, mm -hmm. and so he wants to eat this meat. He right. got a, a Jew who's sensitive to that. Right. They're all 
put together in one local church. Imagine the, the potential for conflict, and mm-hmm. we're told to be patient with each other. Right. And so we need to be patient with each other and our situation as well. And so can we be patient with one another as we worship together and carry out the work together? We just need to be patient with each other. Um, there are, as we're put together in a local church, there's potential for a great deal of conflict. Sure. Yeah. And so let's just think about that and just think about the idea of being long-suffering mm-hmm. toward each other. Can, can a person who's ready to dispose of all the COVID uh, regulations and restrictions <laughs> and do away with it tomorrow, uh, yesterday, uh-huh. be patient with the one right. who says, I'm not, re- I'm not right. there yet. Right. I, I, you know, I, I still think that we need to yeah. hang on to some of That's these. Point. Okay, can we be patient with each mm-hmm. other and work together? without being condescending right, and patronizing, right, right. without an air of arrogance and those kinds of things. So being, being patient, oh, that's very, very critical, important. isn't it? Amen, amen. And then he talks about tolerance. Mm-hmm. Now, tolerance gets a bad rap today, doesn't it? And, <laughs> and justifiably so uh, in, in some ways. <laughs> right. But he requires tolerance here. Mm-hmm. And so he says, showing tolerance for one another in love. Sometimes... We just got to put up with each other. That's right. We Amen. don't see things eye to eye in matters of judgment. Right. And we kind of get worked up about those sometimes. But look, we just need to be tolerant and be right. patient and be gentle with each other. Right. And if we take care of those things within ourselves, uh-huh. well, then we can have unity. Amen, brother. Anything, anything you want to add to that? I just think it's so important that we remember that, especially among ourselves, and that's in the body of Christ, um, I heard a sermon recently emphasize that the person with whom we're dealing with is a person for whom Jesus Christ died. And so that makes that individual very important, very significant. Add to it the fact that that individual is made in the image of God, and we wouldn't think of talking to God, addressing God that way. And uh, James uh, 3 suggests that if we wouldn't think of addressing God that way, we need to be careful about how we address God's children. And uh People in the body of Christ are God's children twice over. One, they were created by God, but even more so, they're made children of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, again, we're dealing with each other. We need to remember that relationship and govern ourselves accordingly. That's right. And so, let's work on ourselves. Let's give diligence to preserve unity in the local church. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better than to be a member of a local church where you're not fighting and squabbling, (laughs) and you can get some actual work done. Absolutely. Have good Bible classes, and people grow and thrive and get work done, and that's that's what we're aiming for. And Amen. so let's just think about that and think about how I can contribute to the unity of the local church. Amen, brother. So Kevin, would you like to lead us in prayer sure. as we close? Bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity we've had once again to break open your word, uh, the bread of life, and to study it. And we hope that you have been with us and, and made sure that the things we've said have been in accordance with thy will. We certainly have that intent, and we hope that much good has been done, knowing that whenever your word is put out there amongst the audience of the willing, that much good is going to be done, much fruit is going to be born. We're so very thankful for uh, our deacons here who make this technology possible and make this broadcast possible. Uh, Thank you for your word that gives us the material that we need to touch the hearts of men and women. And thank you for the hearers, those who have devoted a portion of their day uh, to listening to spiritual things and thinking and dwelling upon heavenly things. We know that in order to be pleasing to you, that our minds need to be centered on spiritual matters, even as we live in this earthly existence. We hope that we will spend more time, those of us in the body of Christ, 
working diligently, endeavoring to keep the unity of the bond of peace, understanding that unity doesn't come natural, it's not some default uh, state of affairs, but something each one of us has to actively work towards and, and have the characteristics we talked about, long-suffering and patience and humility and gentleness, and demonstrate those on a regular basis and, and thereby be a part of a local congregation that can be very active, very productive, and instead of uh, having the circular firing squad, uh, we can be lobbing uh, our ammunition at the devil and uh, trying to rescue so many that are in, in captured or captivated by him. We'd ask you to continue to be with us in the study that more and more people uh, may be encouraged and edified. And there may be some out there who are considering obeying the gospel. Hopefully something we have said in this study or others may uh, encourage them to take the steps they need to be right with you. We pray all these blessings and make all these requests in the name of thy holy son, Jesus Christ. Amen.